The views expressed on the patient's perspective come directly from patients, so they are not intended to diagnose, treat, or replace professional medical advice. Information coming from the patient's perspective is for entertainment and educational purposes only, so if you have any health concerns regarding yourself or anyone else, please see a physician. The Patient's Perspective is a podcast created by patients for patients and does not focus on any specific disease or condition. Content may make you laugh, cry, and question your moral beliefs surrounding healthcare and the many issues patients run into while in the system. Finally, the most important point of view is cast into the light. The Patient's Perspective. Hi, everyone. So today I'm sitting here with my friend uh, and I guess co-worker, uh, Candice, who helps me co-host Mangled Mondays and or will be actually our first uh, Mangled Mondays will be premiering in July. And Candice and I were just sitting here and we were having our morning meeting and we just started talking about a really important uh, topic. And so we just decided to flip on the uh on the zoom call and decided to record this so welcome candace hi kyla <laughs> so, so i guess i'll let you start candace yeah so i guess this is all coming ahead of my my formal introduction here on your podcast but thank you so much for having me today and um the topic we came up with just on the fly today is sunshine. And I'm sitting here in my sunshine spot in my basement, and I'll explain why later. But um, the sunniest spot in my house, and I'm so excited to talk about sunshine as we come into summer. Yes, that's right. And for um, any listeners out there who haven't maybe listened to the prologue, or any previous episodes, I myself have been um, diagnosed as allergic to my own sex hormones, but we also had suspected heat and sun, so types of physical urticarias. And I was actually confirmed through photo testing uh, several years ago, um, and I'm allergic to uh, UVB light at the highest testing level. And then heat as well will also exasperate my urticaria. It exasperates actually a lot of skin conditions, due to the fact that a lot of skin conditions um, develop due to the blood vessels. So obviously in the heat, blood vessels have a tendency to expand. And so this can bring on a great range of skin conditions, which is why you can have many health conditions um, that uh, flare up during the heat. So, and Candice as well, you have, um, several conditions as well, do you not, that are affected by the heat? I do. Um, and as, as a patient, I'm an, often considered an, an anomaly or told I'm an anomaly because I have so many um, comorbid things going on. But 
literally every single one of them is affected by the heat. So I suffer from multiple sclerosis. I have hydradenitis superativa, which is boils in the apocrine gland. So your sweat gland, um, and they can come on. I'm in a late stage, so I can suffer 10 to 30 boils at once in a flare. I have asthma. I have psoriasis. There's lots that's affected. And as you say, with the blood vessels, the heat, I used to joke before I ever got diagnosed when I went out in the sun that my brain would boil. But I love the summer. And so how do you deal with that? Yeah, I mean, it's for myself, my kids as well uh, have uh, heat sensitivity, although we are getting better because the allergist um, is helping, well, it was helping us with our gut biome. So that actually makes our immune system not as sensitive as it was before. Like I used to tell people that we couldn't handle just change in general, temperature change, stress change, um, you know, emotional change. I couldn't handle, we couldn't handle any slight changes. Um, I one time cranked up the heat in my house to 22 degrees and we all started breaking, breaking out at 22 degrees. So there wasn't a lot of wiggle room since, you know, um, uh, room temperature is about 20, 21 degrees. So when you got to 22, 23, we would start to show symptoms. We would get, um, very red cheeks, especially if we were starting to move around, like the kids were starting to move around in the house. So, it's gotten slightly better since we've been working on our, um, our, our gut biome. Um, but, um, that's the best way to describe like mast cell type symptoms that we were experiencing or chronic urticaria or angioedema is the fact that you, that you can't handle any kind of change at all, anything, medicine, anything. And so unfortunately, you know, it was really hard in the beginning my eldest, especially because he got looked after by my parents a lot and they don't follow the same kind of strict rules that I was doing with him. And he would like go to like baseball and we're talking in the evenings and he's about seven, eight years old. And he's the, so we put him in baseball because he wanted to try baseball and I was hesitant due to the heat and he um, ended up every single week I started noticing he was starting to throw up in the middle of the night. Like, so my parents would take him to the, the ball games and it was particularly warm that year uh, in the evenings. And, but it was not, I mean, Calgary, Alberta doesn't get like warm, like Saskatchewan or anything like that at nighttime, but it, 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 you know, it was probably about 18, 19 degrees, but he was running around and he would wake up with migraines and he would throw up in the middle of the night. So I always say they get, they would get the fun part. And then I would be the person that would be up till three, four in the morning, cleaning up puke <laughs> off, off. And I started noticing it was at attached to when he had baseball and on top of it, he had a loft bed and it was self-facing. And so I started putting things together, not just with him, but with myself as well, that we were also heat sensitive. And then, you know, that later on ended up getting confirmed as well as my younger son has it as well. So, well, that's kind of our story. So it was. Well, you just reminded me, Kyla, of how we even connected in the first place. 
And I forgot to, you know how I said I had like a grocery list of things going on? I forgot to even mention my chronic urticaria, my sensitivity to temperature change that was diagnosed long before all the other things. When I was very young, and you talk about baseball, I, I was a baseball coach. Um, I didn't know how heat sensitive I was at the time. And I was also an air cadet. So I had to stand on parade as a child. And, um, and what I will say is that my mast cell problems are still undiagnosed and I'm still seeking help in the healthcare systems of my province of Ontario. Um, but Kyla and I met in a chronic illness group that talked about mast cell activation because I suffer from chronic urticaria and problems with temperature change and all the the symptoms that Kyla I'm learning about myself as you describe your journey with your family and it was I'm tracking back to when I stood on parade and ended up by ambulance going because I had heat stroke right the vomiting later that's severe dehydration and possible heat stroke like it's and and we don't we don't often um remember how careful we might need to be in the sun even though the sun is so much fun to be out in Mm -hmm. that's the (laughs) catch-22 you know it's it it gets hard so what I've what I've done with my kids even though we've improved it's still there like my eldest son actually today showed me that he has one larger hive on his stomach and it's just because I haven't turned on the air conditioning yet but I have the heat off in the house and it's still only about 21 degrees um, outside at this point in time during the daytime Um, what I've done is we try to flip our schedule a little bit especially when school is out it's harder when school's in because obviously you're on a school schedule but once school is out um, because I have the abilities due to working gig work as well as as this trying to make a go with this um, it allows me a little bit more flexibility now which is part of the reasons why I want to do these jobs so we kind of allow the youngest in the summertime now um who's seven going on eight in September to stay up later. And, but that means that we can all kind of sleep in and then you wake up, you kind of relax, you know, you know, 12 o'clock in the afternoon. And then we try not to go anywhere like that's outside now until about three o'clock. Like that's when we start leaving our house. So then we hit like the amusement park or whatever at three 30 ish. So even though it's still warm out, you know, at least where I live, because it depends on where you live, uh, Calgary cools off quite a bit, even in summer. So we know that by 3.30, we'll get that, like, so if we hit the amusement park, you like would almost automatically try to hit the log ride at that point in time, right? But then they get to stay up until like nine, 10 o'clock at night, um, like at the amusement park, even though he's only seven. It's because that's how we've had to flip things. I've had people take my eldest son, I guess, as he gets older, it gets harder because he wants to hang out with his friends. So that's going to be like the allergists and stuff. And I've talked about that already. Like that's going to be interesting because <laughs> you don't, as you know, because your child's, I think, older than mine is, um, 
you lose control at that point in time. And that's where kind of, you can only warn them. You can't control what they're going to do. Right. Um, so I'm really hitting a tricky stage with him where I've lost that ability to control uh, what he eats, what time he goes out during the day, all that sort of stuff. I still have it with my youngest, but at least I'm only losing control. One kid is. <laughs> well, I guess as a mom, my opinion on that is that <laughs> um, you've created that foundation, that awareness of, of I have certain barriers that I might have to navigate. And, you know, I think there's some learning by natural consequence that can happen there if you, if you overdo it a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can imagine like if, if my daughter, I, I worried about her the other day, we live in London, Ontario. So there's, we're in a valley with, with like lakes and um, all around us. And so there's a humidex that's like, off the charts where we live and as asthma sufferers mm -hmm. you go outside and the humidex has it feeling like you're in you know 40 degrees celsius weather when it may it may be upwards of 30 degrees celsius in the sun you know you there's serious risk there mm -hmm. if you don't understand the effects of humidity and the heat on your body and and maybe there needs to be I guess more awareness of the effects of sun on people with chronic illness too because you may not see that somebody's in distress yeah there, there's heart heart conditions as well can be affected by heat so that's why a lot of people with heart conditions um shouldn't be going into saunas and stuff like that right so it's not just right. autoimmune issues or um photosensitivity or anything like that there's a wide range there's a lot of conditions um diabetes uh swelling of the legs will increase and again that has nothing really to do with the disease it just has to do with how the body works in heat and the fact that those blood vessels are going to expand and therefore you're going to have uh, more fluid um, building up in your tissue, right? Um, but that's yep. not maybe a direct cause or a direct symptom of the disease. It's being caused just because that's the way blood, vessel work, blood vessels work in yeah. heat, right? So with, with multiple sclerosis, especially, right? what multiple sclerosis does is it's it's your immune system attacking your brain and central nervous system mm. now your immune system is designed to go after in anything that's causing any kind of harm and inflammation definitely causes harm so when you overheat as a person with ms it can be moments before old brain damage starts to reappear that you may have navigated it's kind of like when you upgrade your computer system, you, you get better in performance, but there's still those old bugs. If you were to go back to default and in the heat, your brain tries to take the easy route because it's already being stressed so much with the heat. So then you go back to those old default systems. But as someone with multiple sclerosis, those default systems have some serious bugs. So you could really start to lose balance and uh, there's, there's, you can, it can increase, it can, it can even overheating can induce a relapse, which a relapse is defined as new brain damage, right? 
Mm-hmm. So that's even that's just one condition out of all the many, many, many things that are. And then the, there's that. a difference in between heat and, and sunlight. Like that's why a lot of people will say, oh, well, yeah. just put your kid in the shade. The, the the little bit of research that I have read says that that doesn't really bide persons like us a lot of time. It might bide them, you know, 15, 20 minutes, but it's 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 not just slap on a hat and and, you know, the person's OK. You know, I, I can't count the many times and the amount of years that I went trying to do stuff like that and I just failed repeatedly and in fact I was just getting worse like the attacks I was getting with it were getting worse to the point that it led to throwing up like I got to a point where um, I was landing in the hospital requiring IV like every August now that could have been also tied with my period but then I would have I would that's when I started doubling up or tripling up on condition on um, conditions because the period was coming making me more sensitive to things and then it'd be a hot day on top of it and so then symptoms were piling up there and then that's when I started having um, you know yeah I, I counted it went on for like five six years that I would land in the hospital a lot uh, requiring IV or some sort of medical assistance and it was always in August <laughs> goodness so, yeah Wow. You see, again, you're like making me flash back, right? Because I'm undiagnosed and I'm still seeking like what is going on with me. Like I was diagnosed with chronic urticaria and sensitivity to temperature change. That's one thing I know, right? But I remember constant hospital trips. As I, and, and honestly, like I grew up thinking like everybody ended up in the hospital every mm-hmm. once in a while, right? So when I was on parade, usually with cadets, and I was a very proud cadet, I would, I would have to take a knee. And then I would be, I'd be so overheated that I would just sweat and sweat and sweat and sweat. So then I'd end up getting really sick and having to be taken by hospital or taken by ambulance to hospital right from a parade, like how embarrassing as a dean. And then the, the IV fluids that you need from that, right? But I just thought that was kind of a, you know, just a bump in the road. Everybody, <laughs> I'll, everybody I'll, has something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can always, you can already tell I have something to say. <laughs> my I'm my <laughs> whole family, uh, again, if you listen to the prologue, were um, uh, a cluster of autoimmune disease. And again, for us, we didn't know we were a cluster. I mean, by the end, we started having a good idea because almost everybody had at least one autoimmune condition. But for us passing out in summertime was just normal. Like I, my sister used to pass out at school and I used to have to, um, you know, like we're talking multiple times and they'd be like, like people would tell me, Oh, Kyla, you know, your sister passed out. I'm like, Oh, okay. Thanks. Like <laughs> no, and, uh, she would pass out while exercising the odd time. I remember being in a gym and, and nobody helped me. And she's like flailing when she was on the bike, she was biking and she just suddenly passed out. And that again, can be due to heat. Um, we're getting a little bit away from the topic because we started off with sunshine. <laughs> now we're getting into exercise and uh, exercise induced intolerance. Right. But um again, it all comes down to that heat. So she obviously something happened and it occurred at that moment because she was exercising. And then it wasn't until I was older that the same shit started happening to me. So I started to get sick and start to throw up. And so there is something with heat. And for us, like we talk about passing out and like 
um, getting migraines and the heat and stuff like this is normal. But you find out when you hang out with healthy people that like they only have like if they do, it's like once in their lifetime. It's not every single time they go to Mexico. That's not normal. Well, there go my life dreams. <laughs> Bucket list and all. So, so let's talk about how we, how do we manage heat intolerance while still being able to enjoy the sun? Because I know for a fact that a big part of the research for MS is saying that um, we don't get enough sunlight here in Canada. There's a lot of people with MS in Canada. And I know that's talked about on your podcast. So I'll just leave that to Susie. But the, 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 theory, the thought is that we don't get enough sunlight. So how do we get some sunlight and still not have worsening disease from the heat? Okay, here's the thing. And I've really wanted to talk and get this into people's heads. <laughs> it drives me bananas. As somebody that has a true like diagnosed sun allergy or sensitivity, which is rarely ever occurs because it's usually due to secondary issues like the sunscreen or lotion you wore or a disease or we can't find that with me which means that mine's primary right as far as we know at this point in time there's a huge misconception on the amount of time you need to be outside to get proper vitamin d and it is based on your skin color and now, again, we're not doctors here, so don't quote me. You have to talk to your doctor if you're listening or go do your own research online. But of course, we always recommend that you go talk to your doctor. I am so Irish white, you could not. <laughs> I'm red now because of being out in the sun. But I mean, when you look back at my old photos, I mean, people actually comment on how white my skin used to be. Okay, like ghost. Okay. Um, somebody with my skin coloring and I'm almost see-through like you can see my veins throughout my whole body and stuff like that like very very um very pale we need about uh, this is where I, I wish I had the actual numbers now that we got into this I seriously maybe need only about 15-20 minutes a week but in full sun so full sun 15, 20 minutes a week, not a day, a week. So people have this huge, and again, it's, it seems to largely be like North America. You go to other places like in Mexico and stuff, they have a siesta. They've learned this, get inside when it's hot. They take a break at 12 to, to, 12 to one or 12 to two or whatever, because it's too hot to move. The, the hotter countries have already figured this out. You, you cover your skin and you get inside. You don't hang outside in a bikini. You know, um, I mean, we, like, we do this in North America and it's totally backwards, right? Um, so a, a lot of this is done to ourselves. To be perfectly honest, because we're not following your instincts. If it's super hot, is to find shade and to get out of it, right? We're not, we're going in, you know, yeah. due to our culture. Yeah. Um, 
but that's really all you need. Like, I don't know how much it is obviously for all the different skin colors. That's where you have to go and speak with. Um, but it is not like, you do not need to be outside for 10 hours a day to, or, you know, to, to get your proper vitamin D intake. It does not take that much, but, but they say no sun, like it has to be no sunscreen. Like it has to be on blanched skin. And again, this is why I can't handle sunscreen anyways, but that's another topic for another day, I guess. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, please, you know, everyone listen, I'm not saying don't wear sunscreen. I wear sunscreen, but I try for that. Um, you know, if I am going outside in full sun, I try to get that even a couple of minutes with just nothing on my skin. Cause obviously if you go outside with sunscreen all the time, you're not going to get that, that sunlight, but it's not for long. Like, like it's not, yeah. you shouldn't, shouldn't be out there for, I mean, myself, if I waited 30 minutes, depending on the heat or the sun, I could get seriously burned, you know, especially yeah. with the photosensitivity. So, you know, but, but people, so, so you have to do the research and you need to speak with the doctor because they know a dermatologist particularly because they know they can tell by, you know, your skin tone and stuff, how much vitamin D and time amount of time in the sun that you require to get that right. But it is not 10 hours a day. You do not need to be outside for that long. What about enjoyment of the sun? Like, I mean, we can still have fun in the sun, but how do you manage as a family? We go out later in the evenings. Right. We go in the evenings, but we have no choice but to change our schedule. And the thing is, is that people say, well, then half the day is gone. Yes, but we still get five, six, seven hours of enjoyment. It's just, and I'm I'm a bit of a night owl too, right? I've always said that, and I didn't really realize why until there are people whose circadian rhythm works better in the evening. And so maybe we just kind of, we don't force ourselves to be out and up in the sun. But when when there's an instance where we have to, I guess what my family and I do, I have cooling towels and I keep covered. If I have to be out, I keep totally covered. And I get in the shade as fast as absolutely possible. Like one minute for me in the sun can mean the difference for the rest of my week, right? But I also, I love to enjoy the sun and I'm sitting here in a sundress and I, I have this sunny window. So my, a part of my management is I do all my work in a basement where it always stays cool. And so, but I took some colorful markers and colored on my window, sunshine on my window makes me happy. And so I get to let some like, sunshine kisses hit my cheeks. But I, it's, it's not about, it's about the, the health that comes from that enjoyment of, of the sun. You need the sun. I mean, if without the sun, life wouldn't exist. So that's why yeah. you have to come with a compromise. You know, we don't want people to be staying at home in their shady or their dark basements all day long, but you do have to take your health, your health into consideration and just again, look at look at how the other countries do it. Like I said, they go inside, they take a break. For some reason, it's that's cultural for us, where you should yeah. be. And, and again, it's that human beings, you know, be a human human being instead of a human doing. We always feel like we have to be doing something. You know, we have to be 
like always outside we brag about how much we're doing right we're we're we were outside doing something for 10 hours in the sun and and stuff like that instead of being and and taking in who you are into account and and what your body is asking you to do you know instinctive wise right um but no i mean the sun is enjoyable you know as long as you know that you're you're not going to be scorched you know um afterwards you know like you you enjoy festivals and it, it it's it really is changing the mindset and realizing that if you have one of these conditions if you don't all the power to you i have to admit i'm slightly jealous <laughs> <laughs> don't have to worry about you know um uh and it's not that they don't worry about the sun they still should wear sunscreen and stuff like that and still follow sun and safety rules but just not to the same extent um oh, sure i was really impressed actually i was you mentioned festivals and i was at a festival in my city um working sound a few weeks ago and it was it was a hot day and thankfully the mc he was so good about reminding people if if you're hot find a spot of shade the water station is over here i have sunscreen if you want some come and see me like you know and so i thought that was great but that should be kind of the norm all the time i think right well and there's protective clothing now again that could be a double-edged sword we tried when the boys were little with the uvb or the uv clothing the problem is that it's so protective because the weave is tight that's what makes it protective and then the problem is that's when we also figured out that we had heat because we would yeah. we would take off the the um the sun protective and they weren't burned but they had heat rash in the shape Ugh. the actual shape of the shirt so that's how I knew it was also heat because then it was getting trapped underneath there, which is why it's that double-edged sword. Like it, it's, but some yeah. people can wear those, those coverings and they don't have those problems. And so they can wear it and that protects them from the sun and they can be out and they don't get the heat rash. But we unfortunately had the double-edged sword due to probably having physical urticarias. Um, and then uh, we ended up getting both. So it, I mean, it depends. I mean, there's certain conditions where they can't go outside at all other than yeah. other when protective, full protective gear. And they have to watch, you can watch your UV score. That's on your weather report. You right. know, I have to get inside. Yes. I, I have to get inside by about level seven. You know, that's a danger zone for myself as my, and my kids we can be outside in between one and six. And then by seven, we have to start to head in. Um, the odd time I'll let kids outside for maybe 20 minutes in a, in a seven, like I said, to get the vitamin D. Um, but it's, I don't do it that often. And I'm outside watching them like a hawk for signs of redness and which always happens yeah. like with us it's every time it's not, if it's going to happen, it's when, right. And you talk about that protective clothing. Um, for me, as a person with HS, which is a, a skin disease, and uh, my skin needs to breathe, but there's a problem where friction can also cause issue. And women, uh, even though we, you know, we like to, on social media, talk about that thigh gap, that doesn't exist ever. Okay, women's legs rub together when they walk, usually. And <laughs> it does exist once in a while. Just, you know, for, 
for the most part, there is usually a bit of friction when you're walking. And for me, if I were to wear a set of bicycle shorts, which is the common advice given to women with my skin condition to wear a set of bicycle shorts. Well, we know that bicycle shorts are often made out of polyester and plastic, which is supposed to wick moisture away from your skin, but it holds in a lot of heat, right? So I have a surprise. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> there's a surprise. So I'm just going to keep rambling for a second. Because <laughs> so for me, when I wear those bicycle shorts, it, uh, it becomes an issue. I actually flare because of the heat. So then I have to go scouring the interwebs for cotton bicycle shorts. Now, nothing comes in cotton anymore unless it's really pricey. <laughs> Here we go. This is going to blow yeah. your mind. Okay. I'm ready. <laughs> it's going to go across gender norms there, Candace. Tyler has a surprise. I oh, ran, I I I ran into the that. same problem. Bicycle shorts, but mine was due to cost. Bicycle shorts are so expensive. Okay. Yeah. Guess what's not expensive? Uh, I have a guess, but I'm going to let you show it. It is. Boys underwear, men's underwear. <laughs> See the label on it? It says Kyla. <laughs> and that is because it is the same size underwear as my eldest son. So we want to make sure we don't get them mixed up. So I actually have Kyla's men, men underwear. Awesome. And they're awesome. cotton. Yeah. So that's awesome. I would probably have to figure out a way I tried that once but I have big thighs so oftentimes there's like a band around the the bottom of the short oh well, maybe yeah. I'll maybe I'll maybe I'll figure something else out you but can cut them boxer briefs is a really great idea yeah, you can cut isn't, them that, isn't that interesting though how like men's undies are a heck of a lot cheaper than a pair of women's bicycle shorts made out of cotton right they're very expensive and that's why i was like this is silly i'm just going to buy men's underwear and that's you know not 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 i wear <laughs> so kyla is exuding sunshine right now she has a very funny disposition of a of a, of a person i wear thongs mostly um i love a thong yeah so, but the shorts are for when I wear dresses and because I have edema on my legs, I don't like shorts because I look terrible in them. I have like these legs that my ankles look like they're part of my calf. <laughs> <So> <laughs> there's no difference. Laughing. <laughs> yeah, there's no difference in between my calf almost and my ankles, which gets better if I really work on exercise and, and my weight. I'm a little bit overweight right now, I admit it. Um, but so the bicycle shorts are needed for my dresses. Oh, yes. Yes. All the tips and tricks from all the, the ladies. But, you know, I, I think it's been, a, it's been a great topic. And I think it's one that could go on for a very long time <laughs> as far as as far as the effects of the sun and not even just the sun but the heat and but as you said there's no life on this planet without the sun and and we're all powered by solar energy 
so. Um, you have to figure out how to work around it. Yeah, adapting and pivoting, I think, is one of the things that people with chronic illness learn to do the most, even get in up. Even enjoyment. In the mornings, I get up and try to do my gardening or in the evenings. Um, it's just adjustment. That's all it is. It doesn't mean that you can't go outside. It, it, depending, obviously, there's more severe uh, photosensitive conditions than mine. Mine's, you know, mild to moderate compared to what can be out there, right? Um, so but it's adjustment for these types of conditions or less. Right. Um, and I mean, you do what you can do, yeah. you know, but you want to get out there. You want to be a part of life. You don't want to, you know, if your friends invite you to the beach, you'll be like, okay, I'll see you. I'll see you there at three, you know, and, and it doesn't or have to seven. be 11 or 12 or yeah. Except for no one's going to, yeah. Or in the evening. Yeah. Nobody's going to get right? up. It doesn't early. get dark around here at least on our beaches in Ontario until about nine o'clock yeah and that's what I mean it's like the world has changed for people it's us that are are battling against it and trying to go out at two three o'clock in the afternoon when it's scorching when we're not supposed to be right the the nature has set it up for us that we are probably supposed to be up later during the spring and the summer yeah well that's um that's a great thing for me because I enjoy the evenings. And in here in Canada, we get to have those fun campfires, right? That's that's the season of of joy for me in the summertime is the evenings and the nights and the fires and the, you know, the sing-alongs. And barbecues. <laughs> oh yeah, I can smell it already. So with uh, summer coming, now we now we get to navigate all that but still enjoy it, right? Yep. So with that, I think we're gonna end here. And there's more on this topic. Um, Again, we could literally talk for hours like Candace stated uh, on sun and heat sensitivity. Uh, We want everyone to enjoy themselves out there, but you need to be aware uh, and you need to be safe in terms of what your body is telling you. You know, if your body is telling you no, you need to listen to it, uh, or you know, you could wind up incredibly sick, and we don't want anyone to wind up in the hospital. So, with that, everyone, um, thank you again, Candice. Do you want to say bye and when we're signing off here? Yeah, thanks everyone for listening, and thanks Kyla for having me on. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll hear, talk again. You'll hear Candice's and mine's pre-recorded um mangled mondays which is now candace is going to become a co-host on that segment uh starting in july um you will uh you will uh hear us uh at that point in time so everyone be safe and have a great day i'm so happy you were able to join in and listen to us today If you have an episode idea or would like to share your story, please email me at info at thepatientsperspective.com or join our Facebook page under the same name. From all of us who are working hard bringing patient issues to light, thank you for tuning in and supporting The Patient's Perspective.